Santa Barbara's Black Culture House is a pop-up space with an array of cultural events celebrating Black art, culture, and history. Throughout the month of April, Santa Barbara's Black Culture House takes to the Alacama Theater, hosting live music, film screenings, and a panel discussion open to all community members free of charge. To find out more about these events and the pathway back to in-person programming, I spoke with Daryl McNeil, the Santa Barbara Black Culture House's co-founder, co-executive producer, and co-curator. McNeil begins by explaining the origins and founding of the Culture House more than two years ago. Uh, Santa Barbara Culture House is a pop-up event space that um, my wife and partner, Sally Fox and McNeil, and myself developed around Black History Month 2020. I'm from, I'm from New York originally. I was heavily involved in the RTC, did a, a lot of uh, political activism when I was coming out of college. I was working as the associate producer of music programming at the Brooklyn Academy of Music. Mm-hmm. And I have an extensive professional career in the arts and uh, curating arts events and producing arts events. Circumstances kind of pushed me out of the New York City area. And I came out here to live with my wife. It was like a period of adjustment because I was like trying to get a sense of the lay of the land trying to figure out where I was going to like have my footing specifically out here in Santa Barbara. And the objective was to try to find some way that I could, you know, get myself involved in the art scene or the music scene or, you know, whatever activity was going on creatively here. So as an outsider, it was a little bit difficult for me mm-hmm. to find a place And I talked about this with my wife and partner. You know, we just kept bouncing around some ideas with each other. And eventually we were just like going out and networking with Mm -hmm. different folks, uh, particularly, you know, black folks here in the Santa Barbara area, people like Healing Justice SB, James Joyce and Coffee with a Black Guy. Um, Santa Barbara young black professionals really like trying to, you know, elevate their bandwidth as it were. It occurred to me that what was happening as far as Santa Barbara was concerned is like most of the claimed spaces were already spoken for. And I started noticing that there were spaces that were either unutilized or underutilized and I thought, well, maybe we could do some kind of pop-up situation here. And naturally, I thought in terms of Black History Month, which on the calendar at that particular time was like a few months away, it made sense to try to do some things to build out around Black History Month. We decided that we were going to try to find a spot to do some things on weekends we would collectively work with all of these other different groups, all these other creative individuals to try to build out a schedule and elevate each other's programming. We organized a number of different events, uh, those events being live music performances, panel discussions. There was a political debate. All of our programs were um, very well received. 
an amazing turnout and show support for community, That's show great. support for black culture, show support for, um, you know, progressive culture. With things seemingly falling into place, the events on the horizon were upended by the COVID-19 pandemic. When the pandemic hit, which was literally a month after we finished, my primary concerns were, you know, day-to-day living because all of my work got shut down and I had to pivot and find other ways of doing things or finding other things to do just to get from point A to point B. There were a number of different issues, unfortunately, that were kind of front of mind. The pandemic itself, uh, the political atmosphere and climate of the time, which was extremely hostile. George Floyd hadn't happened yet. George Floyd was like a few months down the road, but then that became a very prominent topic. The upcoming election that year was, you know, there were so many different outside things that were happening, which kind of took precedence over any thought about what we were going to do or not going to do for Black Culture House the following year. We had no idea of what the enormity and impact and like absolute devastation that uh, COVID-19 would set upon different communities. And frankly, you know, as communities of color, we were disproportionately impacted on like every conceivable level. Daryl describes a consistent push and pull throughout the pandemic, a force that prevented a return to in-person events for the community. There were a bunch of false endings. There there were a bunch of false narratives written for for the ending. Oh, it's going to wind down at this time. Then it didn't wind down. Then it's like, oh, it's going to wind down this time. And then it's going to wind down this time. And the, can, and the can just kept getting kicked down yeah. the road. Really, there was much more of a concern for how we were going to live, how we were going to function. Daryl and I continued our conversation discussing the obstacles the Santa Barbara Black Culture House faced at the start of the year. I want to bring us forward uh, into February of 2022. I know that the Santa Barbara Black Culture House had anticipated events within Black History Month of February 2022. You decided to move the events from February into April, uh, specifically because of the Omicron winter surge. There's the push and pull of the things that you want to do and the reality. How do you move forward when you're dealing with the immovable object of people wanting to be safe and the irresistible force of, you know, people who would just like take a deep dive into a pool full of disease if it meant that like, you know, they could get a latte or something. Yeah, That figured very heavily into our talks and our negotiations. It looked like we had a free and clear window for February of 2022. And of course the, the Omicron surge came like late December, early January, Mm -hmm. Santa Barbara Culture House and all of these other groups, there was a collective decision, you know what, let's just put this on pause because we don't know what's going to happen with this Omicron variant. We had been working 
to build the bandwidth for Culture House. And we were a little bit reluctant to hold off on our programming because we'd gotten we'd gotten a grant to subsidize the costs yeah. and people's availability was was not necessarily etched in stone. Cause the other part of this dynamic is, yeah, we're putting together these events, but the people that yeah. we have involved doing these events they have their lives. Yeah. They have their own things that they're trying to do. And they're seeking work as well. They're trying right. to get themselves positioned because a whole lot of folks lost like two years of work. You know, all of our all of the other groups that, you know, we'd collaborated with and co promoted with, they you know, some have had decided to just shut down their programming altogether. Others decided that they were going to hold off until Juneteenth. Mm -hmm. Others have d had decided that they were going to do different events here and there. Yeah. It was with, without necessarily having an attachment to Black History Month or anything else. The, 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 the key factor for us was that we are doing our presentations at the Alakama Theater. And the longer we waited the less opportunity we would have had to host events and do events there. Yeah. The only month that that Alakama Theater had available to for us to do multiple events in a, in a close proximity in the space of a month was April. Yeah. So then it became okay, well why not April? It ended up being proof of concept. Yeah. You know, a lot of things that folks were, are, say, you know, you can't limit black history to a month because black history happens year round. Um, black excellence happens year round. So, OK, proof of concept. We're going to do this in April instead of February. Yeah. Like, completely non-traditional, but to the point that you can highlight and, you know, celebrate and exalt black history and black culture every 365 days of of the year yeah. just like anybody can exalt and celebrate anybody else's culture 365 days a year with the proof of concept at the forefront of their mission the santa barbara black culture house will host various events throughout the month of april at the alicama theater with five events in total, Daryl keys us into the details, beginning with a panel discussion this upcoming Saturday on April 9th. We start this weekend, April 9th, Saturday. Mm. We're doing a discussion called Elevating the Black Voice. And it's really just kind of an analysis about how black dialogue and black engagement and black discussion has evolved over the course of um, the last generation, a couple of generations at this point, we are touching on a broader group of subjects, a lot of things that were once considered taboo within our community, sexual orientation, healthcare, policing, accountability from like political leaders, outside of our, the community, the economics and the economic dynamics within our community, gentrification, any number of different s subjects that at one point 
some of which were completely off the table, some of which we may not have necessarily necessarily had a clear understanding of, like mental health being another one, being another subject. These subjects are coming more and more out in the open, and we are having more open dialogue to the point where we are normalizing conversations that that once were not normal to have within our community. And also, how does um, technology and social media impact on the elevation or diminution of those conversations? The two guests that we are going to have is um, Melinda Hale, who's a Santa Barbara native currently living in Los Angeles. She's a singer, she's an actress, she's a songwriter, um, she's a political activist. She has a, a platform called We Need to Talk, which specifically deals with the kind of conversations that, that are evolving in our community or need to evolve in our community. The other guest is James George III you know, of you know, Coffee with a Black Guy, which is like one of the premier chat events, discussion events. He also ran for mayor of Santa Barbara recently. Randy Rouse won, but James made it a, form, a much more formidable race than a lot of people are willing to give it credit. So uh, props and respect to uh, James Joyce. But the, the two of them are going to be part of this panel discussion, and I'm going to moderate. And, you know, we're just going to talk about the evolution of, of black dialogue within the black community. Sunday, we're doing, like, live music with a band called Chill Point, local area um very well versed, very well seasoned. They they display a great deal of virtuosity, and you know they're very fun loving. Opening for them is a good friend of mine from New York City, um, Black Emoji. Then we fast forward to the following Saturday, April sixteenth, where we're doing a screening of Raul Peck's "I'm Not Your Negro." featuring and documenting like the last years and the last works of um, the incomparable James Baldwin. April 23rd will feature live music from LA-based supergroup The Cookies, followed by the Culture House's last event on April 24th, honoring the life of animator Floyd Norman. We're wrapping everything up the following weekend, um, Saturday the 23rd, another live band. It's an honor every time we can host them, every time we can have them. A band called The Cookies out of LA. And it's really kind of a super band of like some of the most accomplished uh, studio and live musicians uh, on the planet, bar none. Featuring Maxanne Lewis. She had this band back in the day called Maxanne. Amazing, explosive group. One of the little, a little known group that was signed to uh, Motown originally. She sang with everybody and anybody. Uh, Ike and Tina Turner, she was an Ikeette. Um, Donna Summer, Leon Russell, a whole bunch of like prominent folks. I believe she was featured in um, 20 Feet from Stardom. 
and she also provided this the vocals for um for Viola Davis in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom guitar player Alan Hines I mean we don't have I don't have enough time to go over his resume but like he's played with like some of the biggest and brightest you're better off just googling him personal friend um Bobby Watson who was the bass player for Rufus and Shaka Khan longtime bassist for them he also formerly played with Billy Preston they're going to have their drummer, um, Land Richards, with them, who's no slouch himself. We wrap on the 24th, Sunday the 24th, with a screening of Floyd Norman, An Animated Life. Um, Floyd Norman, Santa Barbara native, graduate of Santa Barbara High School. He went on to become the first black animator for Disney. And he's done, a, his career is historic. He's done a lot of historic work. Not too many people know that before Fat Albert and the Cosby Kids cartoon on CBS or Filmation, there was, an, there was a Fat Albert special on NBC, like in the like late 1960s. Floyd worked on that independently. He produced that with, uh, I forget the name of his partner, but... The two of them, like the first like black animators to go out and do an independent production that ended up being a primetime special on NBC. Floyd's career is like groundbreaking, history making, and you know, we're screening the documentary and again I'll be leading a discussion of Floyd Norman's career after that screening. So it's those five events and it, it, it's it's modest, but it's significant. It's it's modest in number, but significant in terms of the output. With the first event scheduled for this Saturday, Daryl McNeil encourages community members of all kinds to attend. I would encourage folks to come through. I would encourage folks to not just check us out, because again, there are a number of different creative folks out there who are doing things that don't receive a lot of attention, that are mm-hmm. kind of off the beaten path, and really kind of expand the cultural mm-hmm. discourse of Santa Barbara. You know, I would encourage everybody to just keep an open mind and go out and support things that may be considered quote unquote outside of your cultural comfort zone because like now more than ever when it's so easy to become siloed and caught up in your own like specific tract and or sphere of influence it becomes necessary to have if not necessarily a dialogue at the very least an understanding or or an openness to understanding to put certain things in perspective, especially right now, and you know, I don't, I don't want to get on a political soapbox here, but there is like an atmosphere, a climate in the nation right now, where there are forces that are like dead set on kind of closing the aperture, mm-hmm. as it were of 
the non-normative expressions, the non-normative histories, the non-normative thought processes or spheres of influence, specifically when it, with regard to BIPOC people of color, the LGBTQIA community, we have worked like literally generations to be heard, to be seen, and there are a great many forces out there who are all too desperate to the point of hysteria and psychosis to turn back the clock. And the reality is things are not going to go back. We are not going back to this sort of, this like Anglo heteronormative thought process, this colonial, pre-colonial process in order for the nation to evolve, in order for the nation's culture to evolve, it is going to have to reconcile with differing points of view, differing perspectives outside of, again, the Anglo-heteronormative modality that folks are desperately trying to get back to. Thank you to Daryl McNeil and the Santa Barbara Black Culture House for their time. The 2002 edition of the Santa Barbara Black Culture House will be hosted at the Alacama Theater at 914 Santa Barbara Street, Unit A between East Cannon Perdido and Carrillo Streets. All events are open to all ages and free to the general public. For more information, email Daryl McNeil and Sally Fox and McNeil at sbblackculturehouse at gmail.com and follow Santa Barbara Black Culture House on Facebook, Instagram, and Eventbrite. With KCSB News, I'm Daniel Wasias. Take care.